hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus, start making a fuss, start giving a and get out into the streets, and there may be hope. Hello, you're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. The program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. The Climate Report is back. This week we have more information on recent youth group climate activities. Youth versus Apocalypse recently went viral with a Green New Deal discussion with California Senator Dianne Feinstein, who was schooled by these young people. Also, our Children's Trust continues to sue the federal government for endangering them by climate inaction. They took a moment recently to explain why on 60 Minutes. Well, another really important upward trend we're seeing is a surge of new energy around climate action. And a lot of that action is coming from youth who have decided that enough is enough and are organizing to take action on climate. Youth groups like our Children's Trust, college groups like the Sunrise Movement, and another youth group, I Matter, are examples of youth climate change advocacy groups, and there's a need for more. Today's show will focus on one of these groups, I Matter, with part of a very recent interview. Well, 350 Sacramento wants to support youth to become part of our local climate movement. Do you want to make a difference in climate change? Well, youth are leading the way. Students, come to the Climate Cafe Pizza Party. Bring your friends. Learn about climate action. Start making a difference in our community, in our world. And eat some pizza. Please help spread the word about this exciting event for high school students throughout the region. Where? The Atrium. That's at 7300 Folsom Boulevard in Sacramento. When? Saturday, March 9th, from noon to 3 p.m. Every year or two, 350 Sacramento puts on a big event, a town hall or community forum, to move the climate conversation forward. In 2017, we called for the Sacramento region to become carbon zero, and we're thrilled that the mayors of Sacramento and West Sacramento have now committed our cities to that goal. Well, this year, the community forum is coming back, and it's entitled Fast Track to Carbon Zero. It'll focus on the urgency of climate action and the necessity for transformative thinking to speed up the transition to a carbon zero community and world. It's time, Sacramento. So save the date. Saturday, April 13th, Sacramento City College. There'll be speakers. Ideas will be shared. Break out into action groups to accelerate crucial work. Cost is on a sliding scale with lunch and snacks provided. Volunteers will be needed before, during, and after the day. Also, 350 Sacramento is looking for endorsers and sponsors. You can learn more and register at 350sacramento.org. Music today, I See Fire by Ed Sheeran. And I Need Air, written and performed by Bernadette LaHanks. And now... Find some shelter and get ready. It's time for the Climate Report. So we're here asking you to vote yes on the resolution for the Green New Deal because that is the only That resolution that will not pass the Senate. And you can take that back to whoever sent you here. Who else here is afraid? 
Me. I think actually like if you search it up there is something called like climate anxiety now. People in our generation are genuinely like having like mental illnesses. I feel scared mm. because if we don't fix this, it is literally going to be an apocalypse. So youth versus Apocalypse is a youth run climate justice organization. We've done protests, we've done rallies, we've reached out to different politicians. I was prepared to be disappointed. We are trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Well, there are reasons why I can't, because there's no way to pay for it. Yes, there is. Well, That's we have tons of money, money going to the military. Half of all, a lot of ours going to the military. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? How old I'm 16. Are you? I can't well, you didn't vote. vote for me. Well, she I am disappointed that she didn't see that she was looking at the faces of the people who were going to be impacted in the future. Now is the time and that it's my time. It's my generation's time to take a stand and to be the ones who are putting forth the action and the change. We really need you guys to understand how important this is because even if you're not here it's going to be your kids that are here and it's going to be the legacy you leave behind depending on what you do right now that's how we're going to remember you and that's how future generations are going to remember you as the generation who either did something and backed us up or as the generation who left us in the dust How important is this case to you? This case is everything. This is the climate case. We have everything to lose if we don't act on climate change right now. My generation and all the generations to come. Okay, here we go. She was 19 when the lawsuit was filed and the oldest of 21 plaintiffs. They come from 10 different states and all claim to be affected or threatened by the consequences of climate change. The youngest, Levi Draheim, is in sixth grade. You're 11 years old and you're suing the United States government. That's not what most 11-year-olds do, right? Yeah. He's lived most of his life on the beaches of a barrier island in Florida that's a mile wide and barely above sea level. What's your biggest fear about this island? I fear that I won't have a home here in the future. That the island will be gone? Yeah that the island will be underwater because of climate change. So you feel like you've got a stake in this? Yes. The Department of Justice will... The plaintiffs were recruited from environmental groups across the country by Julia Olson, an Oregon lawyer and the executive director of a nonprofit legal organization called Our Children's Trust. Oh, misty eye of the mountain below Keep careful watch of my brother's souls And should the sky be filled with fire and smoke Keep watching over during suns is to end in fire then we shall all burn together 
Watch the flames climb high into the night, calling out Father. Oh, stand by, and we will watch the flames burn up and on the mountainside.
I See Fire by Ed Sheeran. You're listening to KUBU, low-power FM radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the Internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report. I'm your host, Dale Steele. We, as young people, we have this amazing opportunity to actually be the ones to stand up and demand change. We care about our planet. We want our voices to be heard. The vision for I Matter grew out of another organization, Kids vs. Global Warming, uh, which I started when I was 13 after seeing Al Gore's film, An Inconvenient Truth, and, and realizing that our addiction to fossil fuels is actually setting the Earth's climate out of balance. My generation, we're going to be stuck dealing with the, the worst effects of this crisis. I feel that, that uh, we as a generation are being called to stop global warming within our lifetimes. I Matter, it's an organization of youth and adults that are all passionate about the same issue of climate change that all recognize the power that the youth voice has to inspire other people about the issue and inspire them to get involved too. We planned this event called the I Matter March and we had over 200 marches in 45 countries. Young people stood up and and marched in their streets to let people know that, that we care about climate change. We only have one earth, a very beautiful earth, and it is up to us to take care of it. When I found I Matter, youth were driving it, youth were building the websites, youth were taking the action, youth were writing the legislation, and to me that seemed like something I really wanted to be a part of. The youth of I Matter, they are the future. They become the face of climate change, and they can compel action just with their presence. I Matter transcends the normal politics of this conversation because you can tell the story of climate change in a way that no other organization can. The first six years that I was in Congress, I said that climate change was hooey, Al Gore's imagination. I ran again in 2004, and my son, our oldest of five, just turned 18, he said to me, Dad, I'll vote for you, but you're going to clean up your act on the environment. This is why kids are so powerful, because they have the ability to get to our hearts and tell us that this matters. I want a child centuries from now to be able to ask, what's climate change to their parents? And I want their parents to be able to say, oh, that's an issue from a while ago. But there were youth that wanted to make a difference and saw that they needed to change their way of life. And thanks to them, this planet is still here today. these temperatures going up, you think about, you know, the fourth warmest year, and you see this sort of upward trajectory. Um, you know, another really important upward trajectory that we're seeing is a rush of new energy around climate action. And specifically, a lot of that action is coming from the youth who have said enough is enough and have organized to take action on climate. Groups like Zero Hours, who we interviewed a few months ago, there's Our Children's Trust, the Sunrise Movement, and the group that we're speaking with today I Matter. I Matter is a youth-led climate change advocacy group. And more specifically, we're going to be talking with Olia Wright, who has led an I Matter campaign in her city and is leading a statewide initiative in Minnesota called Minnesota Can't Wait. And we're also going to be speaking with Lily Gardner, who's involved with a national high school Green New Deal campaign in Kentucky, if I remember correctly. So Lily and Olia, welcome to Warm Regards. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So I described I Matter as a climate change advocacy group, but how do you guys see I Matter? What is I Matter to you? So to me, what I did with I Matter is we worked in our city on a local level. So really what I'm seeing from I Matter is they're helping youth 
across the country take action on climate change in their hometowns and on the local level. Right. And Lily, what, how have you gotten involved with iMatter? Yeah, so actually, I had not gotten involved with iMatter until I heard about it through Sunrise Movement. I think advocacy group is the best way to describe them, but they do more than simply advocate. They connect with people. They also empower people to make change in their communities. So advocacy is so multifaceted for them, which is so interesting to me. So what are some of the climate change actions that you are involved with now? Legislation or are you involved with presentations? What are you what are each of you doing now in your local communities to move the needle on climate change? I started out working with our city on a local level with iMatter. And we helped our city get a grade on climate change. We gave them a report card on how they were doing at addressing climate change at a local level. And then we presented that to them along with a youth climate inheritance resolution that asked them to create a climate action plan, include youth in decision-making that has to do with climate change and the environment, and start the creation of their climate action plan within three months or something. And so we did a lot of presentations around our community, me and my Nordic Nature group, and we got signatures and had a bunch of people show up and our resolution passed to a standing ovation. That was It was pretty cool. So that was back February 22nd, 2017. Currently, I'm now working in my city on this action team that's creating our climate action plan. And we've hired a climate action plan coordinator that's helping write it taking the lead on. And then we have this action team that looks at it and helps review it and things. Youth who've decided that enough is enough and are organizing to take action on climate. And there's a need for more. Today's show will focus on one of these groups, I Matter, with part of a very recent interview. The complete interview will be archived on the 350 Sacramento website. And I also got involved through iMatter with this statewide youth coalition called Minnesota Can't Wait. We have multiple asks. One, which is stop all pipelines, including line three. The other one is asking Walt to take executive action to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. And then the third and biggest one that we're doing is we are working on creating a statewide Green New Deal. And we are working with Representative Frank Hornstein on that. So currently, I am involved with my city and our climate action plan, and also with Minnesota Can't Wait on the statewide level working on a Minnesota Green New Deal. That's awesome. Lily, what about you? What are you working on these days? On a local level, I'm aiming to get my city to pass an endorsement of a federal Green New Deal. So I'm working with other environmental organizations across Kentucky, many of which are founded in youth environmental activism that just haven't They've been quite decentralized um, for a long period of time, and high schoolers have also been a missing piece of that. So when they say youth, usually they're referring to college students, which is a really problematic view and excludes a large chunk of the population who are going to be greatly impacted by the effects of climate change. So that's what I'm doing at a local level, and that's also what high schoolers across the nation are doing at a local level, facilitated by a partnership between Sunrise Movement and iMatter. So we're having tons of campaigns across the nation, which is super exciting to know that I'm not alone in this quest. And despite being now in a city that I believe will be accepting of an endorsement, I know that there are other people in very conservative states who are working to do the same things as me. 
on a statewide level, we have a Sunrise Hub in Louisville. And so they are lobbying John Yarmouth, who we began to lobby on December 10th with the Green New Deal Action. Lily, I'm curious, this question is going to date me, unfortunately, and, by, and Ramesh by extension, but I remember vividly the first time I could vote in a national election, which was the Gore-Bush election in 2000, which obviously had a, some major themes around climate change and, and environmental protection generally. Do you feel frustrated that, I, I don't know if you voted yet, but I assume not, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are and whether climate change advocacy of the type you're pursuing would benefit from lowering the voting age and getting more high schoolers to exercise their their opinion at the polls. Yeah, that's actually really interesting that you bring that up. To date you even more, I was not even born in 2000. So (laughs) I have yet to vote, unfortunately. But I actually really believe in this idea of lowering the voting age, because I think that Youth apathy turns into apathy as adults, and I think that's the greatest threat to progress. I think if we were to extend the voting age to 16-year-olds, as is kind of the common age that's been thrown about by organizations like Vote 16, then I think that we could start to nip some of that apathy in the bud. Because I think youth across the nation, especially in Kentucky, and especially where I'm from in eastern Kentucky, are really angry about their circumstances. And if possible, they would vote to change those, even if they don't think of that as a form of advocacy. But it still keeps them involved. Either they aren't being listened to, they haven't been empowered at any point in their life, and that nothing they have to say matters, I think that's when we have a real problem. And that's when people start to not believe in climate change or start to deny climate change actively because it's convenient for them. I am totally in support, even if it means that people are going to vote against what I would necessarily vote for. Lily, what what about you? What do you think about the idea of lowering the voting age? No, I definitely agree with what Lily's saying. At least for me, that'd be a couple years off. But I definitely feel like since youth are going to be most impacted by climate change, we definitely need to have a voice in the decisions that are being made about our futures. Voting is a convenient way to do that because you can have a say in the legislator and who gets elected to support you. So I definitely agree with what Lily's saying. I think that could be a very important part of the climate change movement. I'm curious to find out, you know, so you've, you're, you're taking these awesome actions. And let me just be clear here, if it already hasn't come through to our listeners, these, our two guests today are currently in high school. So I feel embarrassed for my generation that all I could do was watch Captain Planet and feel like I've done something. So you're, I want you to know, Lily and Olia, you're putting myself and Joe Mascaro to, to shame here. We're just <laughs> in shame spirals right now. I guess, what are some barriers that you have faced in trying to move your initiatives forward? Are there barriers that you've overcome? And what are some barriers that you keep running into that make you want to sort of smack your head against the wall? What are some of those challenges? One quick thing first, just for fun, just so you know, I am only 13, so I'm not in high school yet. Um, oh, my God. All right. Even... <laughs> All right. That's awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Lily, what about you? Yeah, so I think a lot of the problems I face, unlike Olya, who I really commend because I do not know what I would do in that scenario if I felt like those factors were against me. And that's so incredible that you're doing this. But I would say a lot of the problems that I have faced so far have been on a more general level. I hate the term youth activism because 
it implies that youth have to be qualified if they want to be activists or the word activist has to be qualified when you're a high schooler or even a middle schooler. One of the things that I've constantly faced is this idea that youth are not legitimate voices and that our opinions, despite being the future, do not actually matter or hold relevance or are simply just ignorant in the present. And I think that's a perception of my generation that persists throughout the nation, even if it's more prominent in some areas than others. So I think even just staking our movement out as a legitimate entity is a huge barrier. Even though, again, climate change is something that's going to impact my generation and Olia's generation more than any other. Right. Um, right. And actually, if I may add, yeah. when you said the bit about how, I know that it was in passing, but the bit about how you were so disappointed with how, you, or not disappointed, but, you know, you looked like a uh, slacker compared to us when you were in high school. I think that the scary reality is that my generation and Olia's generation is having to deal with so much fear and anxiety and we've had to grow up so quickly. Well, at least if you're conscious of the issues at hand, you've had to grow up so quickly. And I think that spurred many of us to action. And I really love this line in a poem by Grace Paley that says, this world is a wreck, said the children when they came home with their children. There are bombs all over the place. There's no water. The fields are all poisoned. Why did you leave things like this? Where can we go, said the children? What can we say to our children? And I think all of us have a collective fear about the future that we do not want to pass on. And so I think that motivates us. I just want to ask one last question here. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to mention? I might just add that it's very important for other youth to get involved. And so if they have a strong desire to get involved, please get involved because we need every one of the youth out there that are interested in being involved to help stop this problem. I think one thing that's super important to remember is that especially when you're dealing with rural communities and especially when you're in high school, it's easy to be perceived and to create a dichotomy between the people who you're trying to help and yourself because of a lack of opportunity. When you're going into these rural communities that have been disenfranchised because of fossil fuels, but you're one woman, as is the case for me, who if everything you're advocating for changes, doesn't work out, I still have a future ahead of me. It's not dependent upon fossil fuel industries or coal mining jobs or anything that put them in this cycle of poverty in the first place. So I think having that empathy and knowing how to create buy-in at the root, knowing how to combat that perceived lack of opportunity and that fear of becoming involved and that fear of jeopardizing your future job chances, even if in reality they don't exist, is super important when we discuss rural communities. We all see the land differently. While I see it as something that can be conserved, that's because that's my privilege. That's because I've experienced national parks or even simply experienced the effects of nature working in the ways that it should. But if you view the land as something that's there to provide you with a livelihood, if it's something that must be destroyed so that your family can eat or survive, 
then it's a very different mentality. And so fundamentally, the environmental movement and the youth environmental movement is going to struggle with this. And we have to figure out how to overcome it and be mindful of it. Oli and Lily, thanks so much for sharing those your, your great activism on climate change. It's really inspiring to see youth really tackling this problem head on. And I know that you all are going to keep inspiring the youth around you and your communities. And, and I can't wait to hear all the great things that are going to come from your actions. Finding Air, written and performed by Bernadette LaHanks. Don't forget to check out my other radio program on KUBU, Making Tracks, focusing on wildlife, nature, and environmental issues every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., right after the Climate Report. And be sure to tune in Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for Radio EcoShock and the latest on science, issues, and authors dealing with climate change and the environment on a global scale. Hosted and produced by Alex Smith. Don't miss it. You're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele, drawn weekly at this day and time. This program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. 
For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. There may be hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus. Start making a fuss, start giving up. And get out into the streets, and there may be hope.